Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're in Nahum, chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. You remember that Nahum is a sequel to Jonah. It's specifically referring to the city of Nineveh. Nineveh is the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And this is written sometime in the middle of the 600s BC, which is after the Assyrians have taken out the northern kingdom of Israel and are an oppressing threat to the southern kingdom of Israel. So so Nahum is a prophet to the people of Judah, the southern kingdom, and he's bringing very good news to them. That is that Nineveh will be destroyed by God and they will no longer be a threat to the people in the southern kingdom. Let's look at 9 through 15 in chapter 1. What do you plot against the Lord? He will make a complete end. Trouble will not rise up a second time. This is referring to Assyria, the superpower of the day, Assyria. For they are like entangled thorns, like drunkards as they drink. They are consumed like stubble, fully dried. For you came, from you came one who plotted evil against the Lord, a worthless counselor. So all those words in chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 are referring to Assyria. Nineveh being the capital of Assyria refers to these worthless counselors that plotted evil against the Lord. This is either uh, a king or all the kings of Assyria and talks about how they're going to be like drunkards as they drink. In other words, they're not going to be able to defend themselves when the Lord chooses to move sovereignly through another up-and-coming superpower, the Babylonians, who are eventually going to take the Assyrians out. They won't be able to stand. Uses this image that is, to me, very poignant, like they're going to be consumed like stubble, fully dried. I don't know about you, but a few times a year, we are cleaning up our yard and putting weeds and sticks and branches out into a burn pile, and they lay there for days or weeks and get very, very dry. And when you finally set a match to them, I mean, that thing is gone in just a few minutes, like stubble, fully dried. That's what it's going to be like for the Assyrians when God decides to allow them to be taken out by the Babylonians. Verse 12, thus says the Lord, though they are at full strength and many, they will be cut down and passed by. At the time of Nahum's writing, the Assyrians are really at the peak of their dominance. And so it's just unimaginable almost that this prophecy could be believed because it's like these guys are untouchable. But God is through Nahum saying that's exactly what's going to happen. Though I, though I have afflicted you, I will afflict you no more. And now I will break his yoke from off of you and will burst your bonds apart. Their God is talking to the people of Israel. They've been afflicted. They've been in bondage, but they're not going to be in bondage under the oppression of the Assyrians anymore, not in the kingdom of Judah, the southern kingdom. Verse 14, the Lord has given a commandment about you. No more shall your name be perpetuated from the house of your gods, little g gods, 
I will cut off. The carved image and the metal image I will make your grave, for you are vile. So God is making it clear through Nahum that the temples of these people's false gods, the Assyrians' false gods, are going to be taken out and collapsed. By the way, isn't it interesting here that God is referring to these pagan mockers of him, this superpower that has much pride in its own name, is doing all kinds of evil and vile things in the name of worshiping their false gods and satisfying themselves however they see fit. The language God uses here through Nahum in verse 14, for you are vile. Or in verse 11, from you came one who plotted evil against the Lord, a worthless counselor. These really could be called mean phrases. He's calling these people vile. He's calling them worthless counselors, their kings, their leaders. And the reason I highlight this, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but I just respond so viscerally to our culture today, especially corners of quote-unquote Christian culture that would suggest that, man, God would never use strong language like that. God is not, like we talked about yesterday, vengeful or full of wrath towards sin. He is. And we need to not deny this and not try to kind of clean God up or, or you know, sterilize God so that he's more palatable to the wishes and desires of what our culture or what the world should think God should be like. There are people who think God should just be fluffy and nice and feel good and only about self-esteem all the time. It's just not the picture of God that God paint, that the Bible paints. And we don't want to portray a false image of God. I heard a little bit of feedback from uh, somebody just recently that was suggesting that, you know, there should never be anything that is said that isn't positive. Negativity has no place in the church. Negativity has no place among Christians. And of course, we don't want to be overly negative or, or you know, be harsh or negative for no reason. But this comes from this idea that God, in fact, it was kind of suggested that God would never want to be negative or never want to say things that are, you know, hard to hear that might step on somebody's toes. Goodness gracious. Listen to this stuff. This is God's word himself, for you are vile. Talking about the Ninevites, the Assyrians. You're led by worthless counselors. This could be construed as negative, but this is the word of God. We need to come to terms with that. Verse 15, Behold, upon the mountains the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace. This is referring to the coming Messiah. It's referring to the peace that's going to come to the people of Judah, at least temporarily, as the Assyrians are beat back. The word in the 
in, in the New Testament that is gospel is means good news. It's really saying who brings the gospel. Keep your feasts, O Judah. Fulfill your vows. When they did their feasts, they were remembering God's deliverance in the past and looking forward to the coming Messiah in the future. For never again shall the worthless pass through you. The Assyrians are worthless. And they won't pass through you. He is utterly cut off. So there you have it. We're done with Nahum chapter 1. Come back for the rest of the book tomorrow. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.